Welcome to our evening Vesper service. Please join me in the confession of sin as you find it on page 120 in the front of the hymn book. Dearly beloved, we've come together in the presence of God, our Heavenly Father, to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hand, to set forth his most worthy praise, to hear his holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and salvation. O oh, come, let us worship him. Let us kneel and bow down before him. Let us confess our sins with penitent hearts and obtain forgiveness by his infinite grace and mercy. The Almighty and merciful Lord has granted us pardon and forgiveness of all our sins, grace for true repentance and amendment of life, and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please rise.
Our scripture lesson for this evening is taken from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, when he raised him from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Then one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and used to take what was put in it. Then Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. These are your words, they are your truth, Heavenly Father. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. One of my seminary professors often made the comment in class that if you look at the ministry of Jesus in the Gospels, the women around Jesus seem to be paying more attention than the men. <laughs> Shouldn't surprise us, right? <laughs> but the women seem to be paying more attention than the men. They seem to be a little more clued in to what Jesus is talking about with his upcoming death and his resurrection. And one of the texts I remember him commenting on about that is this very one in front of us. It's a very interesting scene. It, it takes place the night before Jesus enters Jerusalem, his triumphal entry, if you remember, on the donkey. And the town of Bethany was just outside of Jerusalem, uh, not too far away. And this was a place where Jesus would often go to relax. And there was a family there, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, that he knew. And while, while being a guest there, a number of stories are recorded for us in the Bible, but there's this precious one where Mary takes this very, very costly ointment. The Greek underlines how expensive it is. Very, very costly ointment. And now anoints Jesus with it. It's a, a spikenard. It's a, something made from the root of a plant that grows uh, up in the mountains in Nepal and in China and in India. It's a very, very rare thing. And she purchased this expensive... Uh, ointment, and some think it may have been for the, uh, for the burial of her brother Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised back to life from the dead, of course. And what's interesting at this scene is here you have this family and Lazarus sitting there who has been raised back to life, and uh, Jesus is there with maybe a few of his disciples, and Judas happens to be sitting there. And think about the situation with Judas for a moment. He has witnessed the miracle of a resurrection, not just with Lazarus, but with other individuals. He has witnessed Jesus performing amazing miracles in the time that he's been with them. And, and yet here he sits at the table and the Holy Spirit gives us insight into his heart and he's just thinking about money. He's just thinking about, about the money that he's supposed to be taking care of, but apparently has been taking some for himself. And it, it shows something to us about 
all of us, even those of us who, by God's grace, have been blessed to be around Christ our whole life through his word and everything. And that is that it's very hard for, for us to keep our minds and hearts off of the things of this life and to really stay focused on who our Savior is and what he's done for us. It's very difficult. Even, even at times sitting in church, we can have our minds wander away and uh, find it hard for us to keep our, our minds on spiritual matters. So Judas analyzes the situation. He measures it according to and from the perspective of dollars and cents. And this really is how the world looks at things, isn't it? The world always analyzes things from, well, what can we get out of this? What value is there to this? And he concludes that it's silly to have this woman spend this kind of money on this very costly ointment. And that's really the, the idea the world says to us about our faith and about church and, and loving God and his word and sacraments. And that is, it, it just seems silly. It, doesn't, it seems pointless. It doesn't seem to really take us anywhere. What benefit do we appear to get in this life about caring about these types of things? Now, it's interesting here that Judas sees the approaching death of Christ and his resentment grows. Mary, on the other hand, sees the approaching death of Christ, and her love and appreciation for him grows. And in a sense, Judas and Mary, right here, represent the difference between how the world looks at Christ and how the Holy Christian Church of Believers looks at Christ. The one views the cross as a meaningless, irrelevant thing, a senseless, unnecessary act, and the other sees it as the most precious thing known to mankind. And that's exactly what St. Paul wrote. He said, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. And that is the delineating factor between the world's view of Christ and the Holy Christian Church of Believers. Okay? The one looks at it as just meaningless foolishness and the other knows Truthfully, it is the power of God that will get us out of our graves. Humble faith in Christ, just like we see here in Mary, recognizes the relevance of Christ and how important his tremendous sacrifice is. Mary is the one depicted in our painting, of course, who sits at the feet of our Lord. And it's interesting, pastors will tell you this, that when you, when you think of the members in congregations who seem to really... Uh, maybe even more deeply take in the Word of God and really want to make an introspective devotion about that for themselves, you will find that they have a deeper growing faith, and we can certainly see that here. I'll tell you a quick story about a, a lady who was one of my shut-ins 20 years ago or so, and her name was Stella. And Stella was um, just a salt-of-the-earth Christian but I would guess probably didn't have more than about a seventh or eighth grade education. And uh, she lived in a little trailer outside of town. And as Stella got older and weaker, they finally put her into a nursing home. And she called and asked if I would come visit her because she was concerned that she was in the early stages of Alzheimer's and was losing her memory. And when I came into her room, I remember uh, looking on the wall right above her bed and there was a crucifix about this size, and it had been taped to the wall with probably 40 or 50 pieces of scotch tape. <laughs> and it was just plastered on the wall. 
And I sat down and talked to her. She was sitting on her bed, and we had a conversation. And she said, I'm really concerned because I, I'm losing my memory, and I don't want to forget about Jesus. And that's why I taped him on the wall. And I remember that one of the, one of the people that worked there at the nursing home made a comment about it one day, another time that I was visiting, that thought it looked kind of silly on the wall. And I thought, that's the most beautiful piece of art I've ever seen, that the heart of a believer doesn't want to forget Christ and wants to plaster with scotch tape on her wall an image of her Redeemer. When you and I, through God's grace, by faith, come to truly understand the significance of what our Savior has done for us, uh, how necessary it really was for him to have to die to pay for all of our sins and wipe them away as he's done. And when we have really come to taste the mercy of God and know what it, what it means to have this precious Savior in our lives, well, I'm sorry, but there's no dollar amount that you can put on that. There's, there's nothing that, that touches that. There's nothing even close. Where Christ is to be found, this is where the heart of faith says, there's the gate of heaven. It's, it's the pearl of great price that we, have to, that we have to have. It's the treasure buried in the field that we want to buy. It's the one thing needful. It's interesting to note here, too, at the end of this, Jesus prays for Mary, and also, I love this, his protection of her. Isn't that neat? How Jesus kind of shields her from any criticism, even from the mind of Judas, our Lord certainly understands and appreciates good stewardship, and yet at the same time, he is looking at this from heaven's economy, and that is that this is a wonderful, precious gift of faith to him out of gratitude for his grace. And so Jesus immediately says, let her alone. I love that. Let her alone. Leave her alone. Leave your mind away from criticizing this woman for giving this precious gift before I die. And isn't it wonderful to know that Jesus defends even his lowliest followers? You know, the, as a Christian, the world may mock you, may make fun of you for your faith and make you feel small and belittle you, but your gracious Savior will always lift you up and appreciate you. And he says to you and me, he who confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who's in heaven. Amen. Please rise for the Kyrie.